0: Welcome to today's edition of Feet to the Fire, where we're always challenging the status quo. For more cutting-edge commentary, go to FeetToTheFire.org. That is Feet, the number two, TheFire.org, and now your host. You know, everyone likes to report when Trump is... In the crosshairs of the media and the establishment, when he's under the radar, when he's being scrutinized according to one of their contrived narratives, and how many have we seen over the years? You know, you try to list them and you inevitably forget some. There were so many. There's been this constant underlying stream of cheating the tax code, tax evasion, let's see his taxes, the scandal with the IRS, uh, embezzlement and mismanagement of funds with his private company. You've got, of course, the Stormy Daniels, alleged, alleged illicit relationship, adulterous, uh, Encounter with the porn star Stormy Daniels. You have those women who came out and were all shown to be frauds that allegedly Trump harassed them, and then all these women came out and said, "No, he was a great guy to work for." Uh, Marilago, Marilago, uh, stole documents. The Ukrainian phone call the horrible illegal Ukrainian phone call, insurrection, January 6th, he incited an insurrection, on and on. And every time he's vindicated. I mean, he's shown to be innocent and free from whatever the accusation was or the indictment was against them. And yet they don't report this, what I have in my hands right here, which is now all over the news. By the way, welcome to Feet to the Fire. This is your host, Sergio Fasà. It is Tuesday. Post-millennial, breaking, disgraced lawyer Michael Avenatti has been sentenced to 168 months in prison for four counts of wire fraud. And this 14-year sentence is in addition to the five years he is currently serving for other charges, including stealing almost $300,000 in book advance money from his then-client, Stormy, Daniels, do you remember Michael Avenatti? That's right. Michael Avenatti was the lawyer for the porn star Stormy Daniels, who allegedly, as I already said, had an encounter with Donald Trump and was embroiled in some lawsuit against him. And they lost. She lost. Trump won. He was vindicated, denied all the charges. And yet, no one reports this. And this guy, This guy, Michael Avenatti, the Democrats at one point wanted to run him for president. For president. This is how deranged the left is. They've got a rank criminal, disgraced, that's not even the word, a petty criminal lawyer who's going after Trump, is exposed to be a two-bit little criminal, But this was the guy, because he was going after Trump, that they elevated to the status of possibly a Democrat presidential candidate. The article goes on. Avenatti became widely known across the country as the lawyer representing porn star Stormy Daniels in her failed, do you hear that? Failed lawsuit against former President Donald Trump after it was revealed that she was paid $130,000 in hush money before the 26th presidential election to keep quiet about an alleged sexual encounter she had with Trump years earlier. I don't, I mean, these guys going after Trump have all been proved to be liars and lying constantly. So I don't even take it as a foregone conclusion that Stormy Daniels was telling the truth, that there was a sexual encounter, that any of this stuff was legitimate. No, Trump's the only one in all these scenarios, guys, who keeps keep being proved out as right. And he said, nope, didn't happen. Stormy Daniels is a fraud and he won the lawsuit. So I don't buy any of it. I don't. I don't know Trump personally. I don't know Stormy Daniels. I know what happened in the court of law. And that was reported. And he was vindicated. Her lawsuit failed. And now her lawyer is going to jail for many, many charges. Dubbed the, quote, creepy porn lawyer by Tucker Carlson, Avenatti was the darling of the mainstream media for a time since as a hero David for going, seen as a hero David for going after Goliath Trump before Avenatti's fall from grace. There you go. All right, this from the Daily Wire, Georgia breaks record on last day of early voting. No kidding, record-breaking early voting in Georgia because that's how Democrats steal elections. You know, it's amazing. I'm even learning this as I'm watching the process in uh, the disintegration of our republic. It is amazing how quickly the masses can be subsumed in the, the new, the new air that we're breathing, the new uh, cultural, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to sound too nerdy here. The new, the new transformative cultural uh, uh, current or the new cultural milieu, you know, all of a sudden the cultural culture does a shift. It goes from what we were for decades and decades, election day, in person, counting. We know that night the results. We've shifted in a span of like one election cycle, 2020 after COVID. Boom, the whole, all, the, all the water we're swimming in, the air we breathe is now, elections just happen across weeks and weeks of early voting mail-in, and it's weeks and weeks before we know the results. And, and, and it doesn't it feel as though it's been that way now for, for years, decades, just... <laughs> That's just what we do now. It's just part of how our culture is defined now. This is what voting is like in America. No, and every time we see this, we need to scream into our microphones. We need to scream from the rooftops. This is illegal. It is not a new normal. It cannot be a new normal. We must go back to lawful in-person, one-day, single-day voting. We have to. We can't accept this as some sort of perverted new normal because it is not a republic. It is not self-government this way. Georgia breaks record on last day of early voting. More than one point million Georgians have voted early in the state Senate runoff election scheduled for December 6th, including a record high 353,000 voters on Friday, the final day of early voting. And you know, all of the early voting always breaks for the Democrats because Republicans by and large have the principled conviction that you show up on election day and vote. And that's when we vote. So it is an advantage to liberals, Democrats, and it's also easily, easily manipulated, distorted, and corrupted. And the Democrats love to do that, the party of cheating. The official numbers from the Secretary of State recorded over 1.8 million early voters. The total revealed that more than 1 million female voters voted early, according to the state statistics. How many of those voters, 1 million female voters who generally break heavily Democrat, would actually vote on election day and show up if there was one election day. Show up on election day. No, but all this early voting empowers these voters who might not normally come out on election day, which means the Republican would likely win. The number of early voters exceeded the total from the recent November midterms in Georgia, when about 1.5 million voters cast their ballot before election day. So There's even more voters voting in a runoff than in the regular election in November. This is a second round of elections, a second round of early voting, and we're getting more people crawling out of the shadows to vote who knows when and how. And who knows who's ballot harvesting and helping them fill out their ballots. It's crazy. But this is supposed to be the new normal. Okay, newsbusters. New York University economist warns of unavoidable global crash in soros funded outlet a piece published in a major liberal publication funded by leftist billionaire george soros is projecting global economic disaster the only relevancy here of this being a liberal publication funded by george soros is to say that it's shocking that a liberal publication funded by liberal billionaire donor george soros would actually come out and print and cite and quote and give a voice to an economics professor from NYU who's saying we're in trouble we are headed towards global economic ruin because that makes biden look bad that makes biden's economic policy look bad but i want you to see these storm clouds and then i want to make a comment on it the soros funded project syndicate released a december 2nd column by new york university professor emeritus of economics noriel rabini headlined the unavoidable crash Rabini wrote that years of frivolous fiscal, monetary, and credit policies compounded by major negative supply shocks have significantly damaged the world economy, including the U.S. Stagflationary pressures are now putting the squeeze on a massive mountain of public and private sector debt. Rabini didn't mince words. The mother of all economic crises looms, and there will be little that policymakers can do about it, he wrote. Specifically, the inflation-rattled world economy is facing a trifecta of economic, financial, and debt crises following the explosions of deficits, borrowing, and leverage in recent decades, according to Rabini. Regarding, stay with me, explicit debts. Listen to this, Rabini noted. The figures are staggering. In the U.S., total private and public sector debt, private debt being like mortgages, credit cards, oh, uh, you know, and all kinds of personal debt, private debt, borrowing in uh, in corporations financial, borrowing, loans, all of that, private, and then public sector debt would be government debt like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, welfare, blah, blah, all that stuff. The debt uh, owed to countries for borrowed money, things like that, uh, treasury bonds, all that, public debt. Private and public sector debt together is 420%. Which is higher than during the Great Depression and after World War II. The state of the economy is so precarious, according to Rabini, that the potential forthcoming crash is projected to be worse than 2008. The Economist concluded that the world is teetering on the verge of a stagflation crisis that could potentially eclipse the economic turmoil of the 1970s. Guys, why is this? Why are we in this economic situation a mere two years after Donald Trump left office when the economy was roaring? The economy was roaring because they want, listen, to destroy Western prosperity and freedom and America as the world military economic superpower. They want an equal playing field, worldwide socialism, and then institute global government. And they hate God's law, and they seek to thwart and overturn it and overthrow it at all points. Now, listen, there are people out there who get squeamish when you say that the left and the establishment is particularly and clearly anti-American, pro-global government, and wants to destroy America. And there's two responses you often get from conservatives and Christians, uh, maybe well-intentioned but less informed. They say, no, come on. A, that's not true. That's far fetched That's conspiratorial stuff. All Americans are patriotic. No one wants to bring down America. And the other response you'll get is, what's the difference anyway? It's politics. Who cares? So they want to bring down America. That's not a Christian issue. And it is very much a Christian issue, a spiritual issue, and it's a worldview issue. Listen, when we were in the Trump economy from 2016 to 2020, we were roaring. We were beating rogue nations like China in trade. We were bringing manufacturing back to America. We were... Producing our own oil, not only energy independent, but energy producing leader in the world. We were the leading outputter of energy and fossil fuels. We were cutting taxes, allowing people to keep their property and their wealth. Allowing corporations, the producers, to keep their property and their wealth. And what the left wants to do is overturn all of these biblical principles. Let's name some. The right to private property. They hate that. That's the hallmark of capitalism. That allows a nation to be prosperous and free. Property rights. They want to destroy and deteriorate property rights and ownership for individuals and nations, equalize, as I said, the world, and bring it under one global government run by the elites. They are against dominion, the, the principle of dominion, that man should have dominion and subdue the earth. And so using things like fossil fuels, to bring about greater prosperity, to improve society, to bring about progress and the advancement of civilization. They are against that because the advancement of civilizations runs against the grain of a single global government that crushes and subdues everyone under its iron fist. They are against religious liberty. They are against individual freedom. All of this is epitomized in America and is fueled by prosperity. They are working eagerly to bring about American economic depression and global economic depression because it makes people dependent. It takes power superpower status away from the nations like America that are run by the rule of law and subjects everyone to the arbitrariness of human government dictatorship. That's what they want. And this is why Biden is instituting all these economic policies to reverse the prosperity of the Trump era and destroy our country and bring us to our knees. It is very much an issue for Christians to be vocal and outraged over economic destruction, because we promote property rights, ownership, and the advancement of human civilization, prosperity, and freedom. We promote these principles. It's part of the dominion mandate in Genesis. Let justice roll down like waters, America, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Don't believe the hype out there. America first is not merely a political opinion. It's a moral principle that we need to uphold as conservatives, and the left is dead set against it.